myself but i'll just say it was a it was like a video game where you got to run across the alligators heads and hop from alligator to alligator <laughs> and try to get it right so what's up with your boy chilling man how you doing good man so now nah, man we want to uh jeremy Scipio could not make it you know he has a couple technical difficulties but that's all good we'll have him something going on yeah yeah but uh but you know what i'm saying he put it he put it together man you gonna return my call so you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I, I've learned to become very fond of uh, Roger, man, or Zap. I, I don't know if it was Roger or Zap or Roger Troutman. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. On your voicemail. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah. I still got that. I forgot about that. Yeah. No, hey man, I ain't changed my voicemail for like uh, probably seven years, something like that. You know. It's time. Oh man, it's way more important stuff, man. <laughs> way more important stuff than voicemails, you understand me? So what's been up with you, man? Man, just chilling, man. You know, quarantining and, uh, you know, quarantining. <laughs> Working on music, same old shit. <laughs> so tell me this. How did you end up playing the key? Oh, wait a minute. We got to, we got to, man, I didn't, I didn't even do it right, man. I apologize. I got to start from the beginning. Well, not the beginning, but man, we got Ron Avant. He's homeboy. He used to play keyboards with the far side once upon a time. I've uh, caught a couple planes with this guy before he started hopping on private jets and all the ins and outs and all that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? And uh, man, I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you. I see you doing your uh, free national thing. I see you doing your solo thing. And, I, and I'll tell you about the free nationals. Um, 
we had you guys play for Far Side Fest, which was man, I man. You put a little something on it, but the powers that be, we had to get that, you know, we had to make that part work out. But but I'll say this, I was pleasantly surprised by the music you guys were playing because it because because it's a trip because you guys played everything from what someone who likes modern hip hop could appreciate as well as someone who likes old school could appreciate. But you guys straight rocked it like an old school jazz festival, man. I, I was waiting to see somebody's uncle come out on stage in sandals, them little leather sandals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That was fun. That was our first uh, our first gig, I think, with the Free Nationals. First, uh, well, no, that was the second one. We did okay. uh, the first, second festival. And uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun, man. Thank you for having us on that. Nah, man, I was, I was, I, I can honestly say, man, I was presently surprised and I was proud because, uh, you know, man, I, I remember, I think we were in a, it was the show that we did where something happened. And I want to say we might've been in France or we were in between and we had to stay in Germany with most deaf. But uh, one of the things that I used to like about uh, traveling with you was if there's a piano, man, you are not scared to get on the, <laughs> and, and it's a trip. Cause I would look at people and they'll kind of give you that look like, Fool, you know what I'm saying? But then when you start talking with your fingers, then it all, you understand? Yeah. <laughs> it all makes sense. So man, I, I can say, man, I miss uh the late nights in the hotel, man, coming into the hotel and everybody wanna be quiet and uh, there's yeah. a piano and you Get know what I'm saying? Piano. I got kicked off with plenty of pianos. They always <laughs> kick me off. I don't know why. Hey man, not not with us, man. Not with us. They never uh you know what I'm saying? One time we got kicked off with uh, I was with uh, with uh, Jay Electronica. Remember that? And um, where was we at? And uh, was that? Damn. Oh, it was uh, in Europe somewhere. That that real fancy place. Most oh. Definitely. Uh, I know. What I know what you're talking about. We were in Croatia. Croatia, yeah. We were, we were, we, we was on the island. We was yeah, on the I was, island. I was playing the piano at like three in the morning one time. Drunk as fuck with uh, Jay Electronica. He yeah, like, he's probably a little toasty too. You know? yeah. <laughs> kicked us off the piano, brought security down. And uh, yeah, I always try to see if they're gonna kick me off. So that's like my my, my mission. Yeah, and I, and I also say that, man, I've seen you go into a couple airports and rock the piano too, you know what I'm saying? Yep, they kicked me off there too. But you know, <laughs> you just gotta keep playing. Just keep playing until they don't kick you off. You know? That's <laughs> right. So tell me this, how did you end up playing the keyboard? Um, when I was seven years old, my dad bought a piano home to the crib. Uh, he bought a piano home and he showed me how to play two songs. He showed me how to play Lean On Me and uh, The Boogie Woogie. And I just kept playing them two songs over and over and yeah, and ended up going to school for it, performing art school and playing at church. But yeah, it started when my dad bought the piano home. From uh, he got a good deal on like fifty dollars for a piano. Yeah. I got this little thing that I say when um, people that I just interact with or I, I kind of get close with them. Which I'll say for you, you were definitely more than a keyboard player for the far side. We kicked it, you know what I'm saying? We was we, we you know we were cool, so it was like you did your thing, but we were homies. I'm gonna tell you the most impressive thing that you've shown. We did the uh, we did that little festival 
with Junior Reed. Well, it, it wasn't even, it wasn't a festival. It was a jam at the park in Long Beach. It was like that little park, the Long Beach thing. And after it was over, um, I said, man, come, roll with me to a little soul food spot. Are, you also one of my foodies in crime. You know what I'm saying? We go and get our foodie on. Right. So we went, the, we went to the soul food spot yeah. and uh, you were looking at your phone. And I was like, well, what's up? And he's like, oh man, I gotta uh, play at this church tomorrow. And I'm like, what you doing? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm learning the songs. And I'm like, you learn the songs? I'm like, well, well, I know you're looking at your phone, but I'm like, how long is it going to take you? He's like, oh, man, when I leave here, I'm going to go and practice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go and practice. I was like, damn, this dude, this dude is really, he just did our show. We got something to eat. He about to go probably hang out for a little bit and just really learn some church songs like right before he uh, the service starts. It's always the black churches that do that to me. Like they send me the songs the night before the gig, like all these hits and stuff, and then... But the white churches, they give you the song on Sunday, and then you get you got all week to learn it. But then not nah, the black churches, they give it to you hours before a service. So yeah. what's up? So what's <laughs> up, man? You 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 beyond churches now, man? Or if, if a church called you up and threw up the bat signal, would you come through and uh make yeah, it happen? I, I'll still play at a church. I still play at uh. It's been a minute, but uh, nobody's asked me in a minute in a while. But I still get a random call. Can I fill in somewhere? You know. Church is right, you know that. That's where we go back, and, and that's where I started playing. You know, it's real music, chords and stuff. So, so your pop got you the piano, taught you a couple songs. Yep. And then after that, after that, uh, shoot, I went to performing arts in sixth grade, sixth grade to twelfth grade. I was playing piano, jazz, and classical. And then uh, I moved out to L.A. twelfth grade, or after twelfth, you know, after high school. You know what? Real quick. I'm gonna tell you the other part. Uh. <laughs> You're so talented, but I, being around you, I kind of feel like you're in my peer group, but you're under me, you know what I'm saying? And I can remember uh, like asking you if you knew, you, you play so well, it just seems like you know everything. But then I asked you about something and you'd be like, nah, but let me hear it. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then you play it and I'd be like, dang, that's a trip. It's like this dude, but I get it, because if you started with jazz, you you know jazz, that's what you know. And then you know what's kind of current and everything in between it can kind of be hit, hit or miss. Right, right, yep. I guess. Foundation, gospel, jazz, and it's all like, it makes everything else easy, you know? Practice all the styles, and then all other styles are kind of easy, or, or they kind of kind of similar. Yeah. So so you say you went sixth grade or whatever, you started the uh, performing arts school. Yep. So was it your passion that made you want to do it? Or your pops was probably like, man, I, I see this boy probably, he's kind of special with this. I always wanted to do it. I always wanted to do it. Um, started in church, you know, they threw us in the choir and I didn't want to sing in the choir. I wanted to be down with my pops and, and uncles playing the music and, uh, started playing drums at the church and just, you know, just grew up around so many musicians and, and music. We couldn't listen to like uh, what was out on the radio. Then we had to listen to like old school and, and jazz and stuff. So like, you know, I, I just, you know, always wanted to play music. I used to want to be a Jackson 5 member, so practice all their moves. And uh, I knew I wanted to do something with entertainment when I was a kid. Didn't know what, and class clown, you know, 
Yeah, I knew it was gonna be music or acting or something. It'll be a piano. I tell you what, man, I give you my, I give my kudos to you, man. I've seen, first of all, you from, is it Cincinnati, Ohio? Nasty Natty. Yeah, from Cincinnati. Let me tell you, man, <clears throat> I've seen so many people come to LA from somewhere else, man, and yeah. get chewed up and spit out and they back on that midnight train, <laughs> midnight train <laughs> to wherever they came from. And I'll say this, man, before free nationals, I don't even say before Farside, just, you know, you knowing Bert, just whatever. I'll say the hustle's been in you, man. So I guess when you have the hustle and the talent or or the hustle to, or the passion, I'll say, the passion to match the talent, then you, uh you know, you're going to do something. So what was it like figuring out that you were going to come to Los Angeles from Cincinnati, Ohio to pursue music? What was it like? Uh, it, it was really, um, I knew I wanted to come to LA. I visited LA when I was in sixth grade with church and, uh, you know, my cousin, he plays keys and I looked up to him a lot. And so I always wanted to do, do what he was doing. So when I moved out, when I came out to LA in the sixth grade, I knew I wanted to move out here after high school. So, uh, it just, things just happened. When I was in 11th grade, I found out about Musicians Institute. And that was my ticket to LA. Like, I couldn't just be like, I'm going to LA. But that was the school that I chose. That's why I met this dude at Jose Rios in the back from the free man, man. <laughs> And I, you know what? We gonna shout Jose out, but I, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna tell you something about the free nationals, man. I, I'm a fan of you guys' music. And uh, you guys are really like a kindred brotherhood. You know what I'm saying? Like I see like you guys interact and connect and you're like you move like brothers you know what i'm saying and that's like that's dope to me that's, that's like, yeah yeah that's my, my dog <laughs> nah that's what it that's, is sure that's tight i'm gonna skip around a little bit because i got since we even brought jose into it because i was gonna ask because he's kicking it in the background and you're in the studio and, <laughs> you know it, it, it's funny though like we were talking before we went live I knew you were working on music. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just like, that's just your passion. And not me jocking you or nothing like that or whatever, whether you the, in the free nationals, whether you're not in the free nationals, music is just your passion. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I, man, I get it. Tell me this, what process do you like most? Playing the keys, writing or producing? Uh, what process do I like? I like all of it. Um, it all came in like waves. You know, at one point in my life, I like playing keys. I mean, I always like playing keys. That's my that's where I started. But like touring and playing with musicians and playing with artists, touring with y'all, that was like a great experience. Now, lately I've been on, um, then I was producing a lot, always producing. Lately I've been doing a lot of writing. Um, so it's kind of like all of it, you know, but it just comes in, you know, I'm going to put you on the spot, man. Uh -huh. We got something we need to revisit, man. What's that? I know that my, uh, my, I know I was a little ambitious in the past, but we're not going to be ambitious. I think, I think we need to do one Marvin Dark song, man. Just one. Not the project, not the album, not the one. <laughs> nah, nah, he, nah, he's dope. The stuff we did is hella dope. I still be bumping it. 
And I, man, and I appreciate you uh, for giving that good look. So tell me this, you come from Cincinnati, Ohio, cold, but it's a trip because Cincinnati has its own musical history and everything. So it's not like you just came from the sticks and came to LA, you came from a whole different type of players as far as musicians and stuff like that to LA. How do you meet Anderson? Uh, I met Anderson at, at school. We all went to the same school at MI. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know him when I was going there. I used to see him around, but then we kind of met like right after I graduated. Uh, we were playing for the same artist, uh, Nick Jackson. And then, uh, yeah, shout out to Nick Jackson. The Nick Jackson band. Yeah, we did a gig in San Francisco. My first time in San Fran. We got super drunk. This is the first time I ever got drunk. And uh, Breezy passed out in somebody's car, and like uh, it was a fight. It was crazy. All kind of stuff happening. But then after the gig, Breezy's like, "Hey man, let's check out some of my music." And I was like, "Yeah." And then I heard it, and I was like, and "Nobody was doing nothing like that." And I was like, instantly like a fan, and we became friends and started to yeah. play shit. Yeah, I'd have to definitely say my fan moment was. I mean, I always been a fan. Like my whole thing was. If we finished the show and got to the hotel, I knew you would get it cracking on the key. You know what I'm saying? Like how, you know, you can't have music in the lobby. Every, you know, you, you don't have haters, whatever. But if yeah. you got Ron, <laughs> if you got Ron there, and then I used to love to call out songs to you, like Funk Parliament, Funkadelic, just whatever. And then even if you didn't know it, you say, well, hum it to me or just whatever. And then you get it. But um, man, Good old day. Now, I missed I miss touring. You ain't even toured in a minute. Like, it's been COVID. Like it's been virtual. Weird. How you like the virtual experiences of trying to play? I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, it's, you got to do what you got to do, but I don't like it. He's a- Trash. Trash. <laughs> it's not the same, man. Yeah, I mean, like, we go from like thousands of people to an audience of nobody, but you're still performing in front of thousands of people. It's weird. So but, tell me this: uh, when they show people like doing performances together, and let's say you have about like ten different people, and then when they show it, they show the ten different faces, whether it's like a Zoom or or whatever. Do they, when they play songs, do they do them all individually and piece them together? or you're wherever you are just playing and just hoping for the best that it all works out. How does that work? For a live performance? Yeah. A virtual performance? Yeah. Uh, the only ones we I've done is was the, uh, what did we, we did the uh, Fortnite thing. That was just, yeah, that was in the studio. We went to a studio and then we just did like a full production and they, they streamed it on the video game. Okay. How was that? And uh, I did one, I did Afropunk. And uh, not Afropunk, uh, the Roots Picnic, and we just pre-recorded it, and you know, and that was that. So, yeah, it's kind of whack. <laughs> not the same, man. Hey, man, I'm gonna tell you this: other proud smooch moment. I was proud for two. I was proud for two or two, two people that I could call my foodies in crime and my homeboys. So, about the year before last. I get hit up by Mike Ram and he's like, yo, man, you know, I got this thing going on. You might want to be there. 
it's for this video game Fortnite. I've been doing some DJing for them. You know, they got all kind of crazy graphics and blah 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 whatever. He's like, you should come. So I was like, yeah. Uh. He's like, nah, man. I'm telling you, you might want to be there. So I go to the, uh, I go down, I go downtown LA, and one of the buildings that was like a parking lot. Fortnite had bought out the roof. Now, the way Fortnite had it set up, you think that it would be a festival for about like 10,000. I say I've seen 10 to 30,000 people festivals set up as tight as how Fortnite set it up. But it was only for like 300 people. It was ridiculous, dude. It's, it's the, I can honestly say that is the most ridiculous thing that I've witnessed with my eyes per amount of people. I'll say for the amount of people that were there. Now, well, had, think, uh, we, uh, we played that. You were downtown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We played. We played it that. I believe. Yeah. yeah. No, you know, you played that homeboy with the. I, I think the guy who plays the trumpet, which you guys hadn't been playing for too long, but he played that night. Okay. You know, and yeah, there was nobody in there. I remember that. Nah, it was supposed to be that way, dude. It was for nerds, man. It was for people that like Fortnite. It was not for the public, man. That's just how much, you know, that's just how they doing it. You know <laughs> but it was, a, it was amazing to me because it was like, uh, you guys didn't get to wander around. You, oh, you got, you just got, you got there and went straight to the stage, huh? Yeah, and then when we got off, I remember uh, they had like, yeah, yeah, we had to go, we left right away. Oh. I missed out on like the smash burger or something. They had some kind of burger. Oh, there. dude, no, nah, they had a they had a Shake Shack. All you could eat Shake Shack. I missed it all. I was like, Yo, what's Shake? Like, we done. I was like, What? Oh man, <laughs> they had they had a room with magicians. Hey, yeah, we missed all of it. Was, it was only like twenty people at a time, and you got to see magicians and all kind of stuff. It, it was it was. I'll say this. I've worked with the far side. They're not an R&B group, hell of a to the next level. They're not, you know, whatever. They're, you know, there's definitely some accolades, you know, messing with the far side. But I'll say that, huh? Who's Brown and Imani here? Oh, they chilling. They don't tune in? They chill, yeah. I know I know Brown tunes in. Word. I know Brown tunes in, but I'll say this. Yeah. The Fortnite party for the amount of people that were there, I've never seen nobody ball like that. You know, for that, for for just like a handful of people, I've never seen that in my my life. There, I forgot we did a Fortnite. Yeah, man, that's you know what I'm saying that's how it goes. So you meet Breezy, you guys start working together, and then how do you meet the Free Nationals? We all uh, it was me, Breezy, and Jose. We were the trio. We started like playing all his music for a few years and. Uh, it eventually turned into the Free Nationals. Like when he okay. turned into Anderson Pack, uh, we changed our name to the Free Nationals. So we all, we, we pretty much, I knew Jose first, and then we, uh, I met Breezy, and okay. then we met Kelsey. So we kind of like just all met different times, but always wanted to play Anderson music. It was dope. Yeah. No, but like I said, man, the Free Nationals really look like a brotherhood, man. You could tell that it's like, it's not just, it, I'll compare it like this. You have the Clippers. I love the Clippers. It's a bunch of talent, but they don't play well together. But it's a bunch of talent. But then you have the 
dream team with Magic Johnson, James Worthy, and all that kind of thing. Those dudes could run down the court and not even look at each other and pass the ball and fools just do all kind of ridiculous stuff. I feel like that's what I see when I see the free nationals. You know what I'm saying? Not, not even, dude, not even judging it off me seeing you guys in person, but like the NPRs and all that kind of stuff. It's like, you're not just some guys that are playing music. It's just like, it's way more than that. And I'm not like, dude, if you ask me to name your songs, I probably couldn't. But just with my experience and watching groups, I see how you guys interact and play. And that is, that's dope. Thank you, man. Yeah. Several one of the coldest groups. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, hey, man. Dude, people can do this like kind of hip hop stuff and kind of R&B kind of stuff. But when I saw you guys play at the, uh, at the Far Side Festival, dude, you guys, went old school you went new school you hopped around and it you could tell that you guys are accomplished players you know what i'm saying all you guys can play like it's not like like i said it's not like a bunch of stuff just stuck to a meatball you just stick some stuff together and hope that it just does whatever but nah man that's dope so tell me this what was the process of making the first uh free nationals record um a lot of mushrooms, a lot of uh, nonsense. <laughs> now we uh the process of that, we were just on tour a lot, and then uh, we were like, "Yo, let's let's come out with an album." And so when we got back on our break, we went into the studio and just laid down like ten instrumentals in like a week, and then went back on the road. But Anderson started shopping it out to like different artists. We got Daniel Caesar on one, and Caliuchis came through. And, T.I., like everybody just kind of came together. And uh, yeah, it was real easy. Real easy. Wow. Yeah. It was like, just like you guys jamming that you putting a project together. Yeah, we went in and just put like every track, like we just jammed, made the, the verse, the hook, the bridge, and just had that one. We had another one, we had another one. We just had a bunch of them. Sent them out to different artists. So we gonna work our way up to Blackberry Mango, but before we get to the Blackberry Mango, we gotta talk about this girlfriend. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta talk. So what was your inspiration for that song? And what was the process for that? That was the um, same thing, touring. We were in Europe, I remember. This is around the time Tiny Desk came out and it was kind of popping. It wasn't really popping in the States, but like we, we would, me and Jose would go to bars and people would be like, oh, you the Tiny Desk, Tiny Desk, yeah. And uh, we are like, yeah, the Tiny Desk. We would like try to see like who would recognize me. And then it was crazy. And then uh, when I got home, I just got, I had got my vocoder. I just got it. And then that song just came out because that's, that's how they was treating me. Like every girl was looking at me. Uh, yeah, that's just how it was. <laughs> hey, man, I'm not hating the game, man, or the player. You know what I'm saying? I'm not hating none of it, man. I'm, I'm actually uh, uh, having a great time just sitting back and watching, man, watching the progression. Thank you. So, so after that, you decide you're going to do this, this album. Blackberry Mango. Yep. Where did the title Blackberry Mango come from? Man, you know, uh, this one is silly. Uh, I went to Trader Joe's and uh, I bought me some fruit. I 
uh, I bought a bunch of shit, but then I bought some blackberry, some mangoes, some watermelon, but then I poured the blackberry and the mango in the bowl. I was eating it one night, and I was like, damn, this shit good. I ain't never had blackberry and mango together. And then I had a dream that I made some uh, blackberry mango soda, some shit. And I don't know, it was just stuck in my head. And I was with Jeremy. Uh, the, the EP was a last minute thing. And so um, we tried to think of a name, and I was just like, uh, Blackberry Mango. That's okay. Like, it, ain't, it ain't really, yeah. Just some, trying to think of a random name, you know, that still fit for the music. That was it. And I want to thank you, man. I want to thank you for uh, Jeremy dropping you off. Whenever that was when he came by the studio, because while you were in the, I, I, I don't, I don't know if you were practicing for a show, but I think you might have came to play some keys for Brown real quick and bounce. Yeah, studio. Yeah. Yeah, because I was um I was in the warehouse and I was talking to Jeremy, and um I was like, what do you do? And he said, and you know, I don't I don't know why I said it, but I I was like, what do you do? And he's like, well, uh, you know, I'm a comedian. And <laughs> <You> sound funny. <laughs> But the, but the funny thing about it, though, when he said he was a comedian, it didn't even click. And then, but but our interaction was hell of a cool. So when I switched up format for the whole Splendid thing, I was like, man, you know what? Let me do something totally different. You know what I'm saying? Something that's definitely out of my comfort zone to just force me to kind of be the best that I can be. And I was like, man, let me let me call Jeremy up or whatever. And I, I, I hit him, threw up the bat signal, and he came through. And um, the twist is, when I asked him to be on the show and just all that stuff, dude, I still hadn't heard any of his comments. But but I knew, you know how you meet somebody and you just, like, they don't even got to do what they do, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that, that's kind of what it was. I was like, okay, I, I know. He, he would run. He's, you know, whatever. And... You know, and it's worked out. It's worked out. Shout out Jeremy Scipio. Yeah, yeah, Jeremy Scipio. That's the home. Very uh, sixth grade. Yeah. Never thought yeah. he was a comedian. He was always angry at people, he's yelling at him. He's still angry. angry. <laughs> he's still angry. He's an angry man. Very angry man. He's still angry and he's still whatever, but he's found a way to throw some intelligent sarcasm behind it, and it's hilarious. You know what I'm saying? So, so tell me this. Right now, you got access to a lot of people just with your affiliations and everything. If you could do a project, I won't say tomorrow, I'll say next week. Who on your who on your list of people, and let's just say the people that are really true to you at heart, who would you pull in for it? Like, who would you want to do a project with right about now? Uh, who would I want to work with right now? Yeah. Uh, I like that girl, Chica, Chicology. That, that chick from, uh, she's like Alabama or something. She had a cool tiny desk. I like her uh, music. But uh, that's one person. But is it supposed to be like a legendary person? Oh, whoever. Yeah, I want to work with Stevie Wonder. But uh, yeah, that's, that's someone that I want to work with, Stevie Wonder. But uh, yeah, I don't know. A few people. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I remember uh, back in the day, this was probably before you came to LA, we had the House of Blues. When you came to LA, did they still have the House of Blues? Yeah. Man, I remember one night we had a show 
downstairs and I went upstairs to the foundation room and Stevie was up there on the drums killing it. Oh, really? Killing it. <laughs> killing it. Yeah. Killing it. I was like, man, that's incredible. Like, you know, but then it's, it's not, in one way, it was kind of surprising to me. But then I, I went to a NAM and I saw Stevie go over to, I want to say it was Cord, and they had brought out a new piece of equipment and he had never messed with it. And dude, I bullshit you not. He fiddled with it for about three minutes and he started like, <laughs> and dude, he's blind. You know what I mean? He fiddled with it for three minutes and he really started making music, man. Yeah. Stevie one he, he you always catch him at the NAM show. Yeah. Yeah, nah, that's cool. Was it the arpeggio? I wonder. That little string. Uh, yeah, it was like a harpsichord, like a harpsichord. It was like a harpsichord type of thing with buttons and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I want to play with that. It's pretty cool. It's like a it's like a piano but guitar mixed yeah. together. I still never seen one, but yeah. Speaking yeah, cool. of it, speaking of it, I'd have to say, man. My favorite uh, instrument is the next to the flugelhorn is the clavinet. Mm, okay. To to me, a clavinet sounds like a uh, like a horn and a like a like a horn and a keyboard together mixed up a little bit. Funky, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bright sounding keyboard. Yep. So, <laughs> what artists are in your ear right now? Artists are in my ear. Like who am I listening to? Yeah. Herbie Hancock. Uh, dang, who love to listen to? Some old funk stuff. Damn. That's about it. Some jazz shit. Oscar Peterson. Same old people. <laughs> he twisted it up. That's crazy. This dude is... That's crazy, dude, that, that you're... So you would probably say... A lot of your playing comes from like jazz and jazz theory, huh? Yeah, yep, for sure. Started on jazz, so yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think who I've listened to. Let me look at my playlist real quick. Let me see. I'm like, uh... yeah, I've been. I ain't listening to nothing new. I said that girl Chica. I like her shit. Uh... Damn, yeah. I don't know. I just been making stuff. <laughs> Been in your own, your own zone. Own zone, yeah. Bunch of old stuff. I listen to Herbie Hancock, Slim Village, Kim Burrell, <laughs> Oh Maxwell, Oh Nas's new album. Break Bill. Nas's new album is dope. Yeah, I like it. His album is dope. So tell me this: How long did it take for you to get into your? I'm skipping all over the place. I had another question that was going to kind of back up on this, but it seems like you finally found your groove during this whole COVID situation. So now that you found your groove, uh, how do you feel COVID has kind of affected you as a musician making music and being a touring artist, you know? Cause you guys do, you guys did a lot of shows. And so now it's been kind of, you know. Uh, yeah, COVID's been like a lot of free time. A lot. I mean, I didn't, I didn't really notice, but I had been on a year. I've been on the road for years. Um, like this is the longest we have been without. I've been without been on the road since like 2012. I think that's when I was like, I was y'all like it's been like nonstop. So, 
but in the in that between time, I was always working on songs, working on new music. And uh, so when we got this break, it just gave me a chance to really like finish up some stuff and just like, you know, finish up all the shit I've been working on. And I've been enjoying the time off. Kinda, you know? but, but the funny thing, it's really not time off because you're still working. Wait on some new shit on on a, on a whole other like venture instead of just playing on the road all the time. Now I'm focusing on like putting together projects, and, you know, writing. Yeah. I had an interesting conversation about a year ago with uh, Joseph Lineberg, and um, he was great. He told me that he I asked him about his journey to working with Kendrick and um, his. Uh, I want to say Love Dragon. He he has some alias that he kind of produces under under or whatever. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's Love Dragon. It might be Love Dragon. I I, yes. I I I can't remember exactly, but he was kind of breaking down to me how he uh played a little bit with the Snoopadelics, and he and right. then Terrace Terrace Martin kind of brought him in to the whole Kendrick situation. Yeah, yeah. With you, how did you end up uh playing for Snoop? Snoop Dogg, I um, actually so I used to play with the Lowry Brothers, uh, this jazz group over at um, Harold and Bell's. And so we played there every Friday, jazz gig, and I met this cat at the bar named Marlon Williams. And he put me on the gig. Basically, I, 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 uh, he told me to play with Snoop. And I was like, well, if you ever need a keyboard player, let me know. And uh, a year later, I was out on tour with y'all, went to Europe for the first time. And I remember uh, we were coming back and then uh, I was like, damn, I want to go back to Amsterdam. And then as soon as we got to the airport, Marlon hit me up. I'm like, yo, we're putting something together for Snoop. You down? I was like, yeah. And so we started rehearsal as soon as I got back. Uh, yeah, it's random, random, random shit. So with that, were you just gigging with Snoop or were you part of Snoop Adelics? Uh, I was gigging with Snoop. Snoop Adelics. Yeah, I guess we all, that's the name of the, the whole band. But we were, when he, right when he turned, uh, turned into Snoop Lion. When I started playing with him, so okay. we did the Snoop Lion run, and then he went back to Snoop Dogg. Uh, Snoop Adelix was, I guess, that was when, uh, yeah, back when Joseph was in, you know, in the band. But, okay. Uh, we didn't have a name. We were just gigging. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, it was cool. That was a fun yeah. gig. Nah, that's tight, man. That's a that's a big deal, man. You was with the dog, man. <laughs> that was a fun times. You was with the dog, so um. With that, I would say, what do you see the progression of like social interaction right now? As far as like, you know, doing shows or whatever. Like I've had, I saw, uh, I saw some reggae cats do a socially distant show, but it was kind of like, it was cool because people were getting out, I guess. You know yeah. what I'm saying? To see people out and to see people kind of there. But they were kind of socially distanced and it wasn't really a, you know what I'm saying? It was more like, from what I could see, it was more like people, I wasn't there. It was more like people showing support okay. for a group that they like. Have a show, yeah. Weird vibe. Yeah, I don't know. I heard they were going to have like drive-in shows and movies. And I saw actually Snoop had a, a concert somewhere and I saw some of the, the pictures and they were all like spread out. It just looked hella weird. So... I don't know. Um, we shall see. Hopefully, um, hopefully it works out. Nah. Yeah. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look into the future for you. Yeah. 
drive-in movie shows. Nah, I see it being like uh, those Yoshi shows and the Yoshi shows in San Diego, not I'm sorry, San Francisco and Oakland, and then the billboard shows that we did in Japan. Right. I see the culture turning towards that. Oh, like small socially okay. distance. Yeah, so like a like a supper club type of situation, socially yeah. distanced. But instead of having two shows a night, it's gonna be like right, four. Right. Yeah, for sure. It's gonna have less people in the place. Yeah. Shows. Yeah. Yeah, and I see that being, you know, just just to to tie it over until it turns to something different. But I'll right. tell you something. Um, all the times we went to Japan, once this whole COVID thing kind of jumped off, I felt bad because when I would see people in Japan and they wear the face mask, I would kind of feel like, man, is that, is that just too much on it? Like, man, or whatever. But that was me being an arrogant American and not looking at it like, man, somebody might have a cold. They might want to stop people from being around, you know? Right, right, right. You yeah. know? Michael Jackson was wearing masks way back in the day. <laughs> he knew, man. <laughs> yeah, we, we were out there in Asia right when the COVID started happening. We were on tour. We did Billboard Live. And oh, wow. uh, I think I got it out there when it first happened. I was super sick. And uh, yeah, I was sick like the whole tour. Man, I was I was sick in, um, we we were in Europe and we flew back we were in the air when we landing, when we found out that Kobe had passed. And four days before that, man, I had a fever. I was, I was just like, man, I've never, like I get, I get this thing where we weren't partying or, or I'll say I wasn't partying or anything like that. But I get this thing where I kind of feel like with the time change in Europe and everything, you just kind of, you get worn down, you know what I'm saying? But this was kind of different. It was like, I was literally tired. It wasn't jet lag. I was yeah. like tired and had a fever or whatever. That's how I was. Went, yeah, no, nah, but I went and had my antibody test and I've had a couple different COVID tests just for different stuff that I got going on. But I've been, you know, knock on wood, I haven't had it. But um, yeah, yeah, man, that's some scary stuff, man. So you were in Asia when it was going on. You're coming back to America. I'll tell you another thing that I, I feel that I was kind of arrogant about. Um, years before now, I would see the little things. I don't know if it was, I, I want to say it was coming into Europe, not Japan, but I would see these little things that say they had something taking your temperature, like while you were walking, like not, no, no one walking up to you, but it was something where they kind of took your temperature. And then if you were sick or if you felt ill, you go to a little sickness station or something like that. Yeah. I felt like people were being too much on it with that. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, just let a fool come. You know, if he's traveling, he'd have been on the plane. Just let him get where he got to go. But then, you know, now where we at, it's just kind of like, man, yeah, we yeah. need these precautions. So I'll I say all that to say, um, I remember before 9-11 traveling. And then I remember traveling after. Like like right after 9-11, you had to get to the airport three hours ahead uh, to, to, to get on a flight. I can recall after 9-11 uh, being at the airport two hours before a flight and still missing. You know what I'm saying? So I, I say all that to say that, man, we live in we live in America. Not only do we live in America, we live in L.A., man. In L.A., 
you can get any kind of food damn near 24 7 man we, we we live very privileged like we don't we don't we're in a bubble from kind of what goes on in the world you know for the most part you know what i'm saying but but i'll say that uh asia was definitely ahead of us i'll yeah. say asia and europe i won't i won't just say asia but i'll say asia and europe when it comes to people coming into your country and right, right, you know right. trying to measure it so with all that being said in any order your top four musicians top four musicians dead or alive um uh, see uh Stevie Wonder, Herbie Hancock, um, uh, D'Angelo. You said top four? Yeah. Wait, oh, yeah, not D'Angelo. James Brown. And then uh, uh <laughs> He stuck at the three. He stuck. He stuck at the three. Prince. Oh. I knew you was gonna say that, man. Yeah. I'm proud on everything. I knew that that was gonna come. Nah, that's a solid four. Yeah, that's a solid four. So yeah. Jeremy told me that you uh, you was working on another career too. Really? What do you say? What's that? He said you was gonna tell some jokes, man. Oh, comedian? That's what he wants me to be, huh? <laughs> he said that's what it was, man. <laughs> Maybe. I, I went up on stage a few times with him. Okay. That was funny, you know? I didn't even try to be funny. Just kept laughing and laughing. Your top three comedians. Top three comedians? Uh, Eddie Griffin. Me uh, too. Brown would disagree. Brown would disagree, but me too. Eddie yeah. Griffin was funny. Eddie Griffin, Cat Williams, and uh, Richard Pryor. Yeah, that's pretty solid. I didn't say Eddie Murphy, you know, but that's, I don't know. Yeah, that's on top. Nah, Eddie Murphy's in there, man. Whether he mentioned or not, he's in there. Yeah. I, I tell people all the time, man. Uh, Eddie Murphy's funny for what you feel he's funny for, but you always got to go back to the vampire in Brooklyn, man. You want to see some real, <laughs> some real comedy. Him, John Witherspoon, the whole little uh, situation. So, what you working on right now? Uh, currently, just um, working on a remix for this artist. And uh, but aside from that, just. Uh, Oh, another EP for myself. EP, uh, free naps and getting back together, working on some stuff, and uh, just creating every day. You know, see where it takes us. What would you call Blackberry Mango? Is it an album? Is it a maxi single? Is it an EP? Is it? It's an EP. It was supposed to be a two-song EP, and then I added another song. So it's three okay. songs. Yeah. Gave my hot, hot, hot three on them, huh? Yeah, just uh, it was too. And I got a whole other EP that I'm that I'm like finished with pretty much. This one came last minute. I had made wrote these two songs in Houston, and I just wanted to put them out real quick. So I tried to put out my birthday, but it ended up coming out a little later. And uh, yeah, so just wanted to drop some. Got some new music coming out though. Nah, that's tight. That's tight. 
So uh, anything you want to plug, anything you got going on, you want to give them some URLs, hashtags? And URLs, uh, just follow me on the gram. Uh, check out my uh, EP, Blackberry Mango. Uh, yeah, I want Instagram, T Nava Music. Twitter, T Nava Music. And uh, yeah, that's it. You know what? I'm going to say this too. Uh, I'll tell you something else I liked about the Free National. Rolling with the far side, man, we got to care about stuff like uh, room deposits and all that kind of stuff. But when I first saw y'all rolling, man, y'all was like the Beastie Boys, man. <laughs> y'all was going for it. <laughs> y'all, y'all went for it, man. You really went for it. That was fun. You know, the first tour, we, we got so much footage from that first tour. That people still think we do that today. We don't do that no more. You sure? I think so. I mean, we it costs a lot of money to do stuff like that. Yeah, man. That that's what I saw. Yeah, I was like, man, these dudes. The only thing I could uh, relate them to is the Beastie Boys. Man, they used to trash hotel rooms, go extra hard. All you know, this, that, and the third. And we got we got it out like our first tour together. First two tours, but after that, we kind of. A lot of footage. We got to did it for the ground. Yeah, man. After you get back home and that check is, you you see the statement. There's some those deductions going. <laughs> it took me a minute to get paid when I first came on. I was like, this had so many deductions. And then like finally I get a check. I'm like, damn, never again. I didn't really do too much. I threw like a glass cup through a, a window. That was about it. I filmed everything else. Never got kicked out of a hotel. I got kicked off a plane. We almost, we almost got kicked off a hotel, out of a hotel. Um, yeah, but these what, ha um, what happened? With, what happened with the plane? Take us out with that. Uh, well, I was touring with Snoop. I was headed out. We had a layover. We moved from LA to Atlanta. We had like a four or five hour layover to go to like Colorado or something. And um, yeah, Marlon took us to the bar. Introduced me to uh, Woodford or all these whiskeys. We drank hella whiskey and getting turned up. And then before you know it, it's time to get on the plane. We get on the small little plane and I'm like feeling good. Like I thought I was a comedian that day. And I was just like cracking jokes nonstop. And then uh, when the lady went to go do her little thing, actually when people was doing all the, like, hey, thanks for flying Delta. Hey, just interacting with everybody going on the plane. And then the lady already had a problem with me. She didn't like my vibe. So when, we, when she did a little, uh, instructional you know put your seatbelt on in case of emergency all this stuff and i was every time she said something I'm like i got it yep i got it and i kept on saying that and everybody was laughing and then uh oh. she's like yeah <laughs> and then uh when we were taking off i was on my phone on facebook and she could see the glare on my face she's already tired of me she knew i was faded and then right when we were about to take off we went all the way up to the little runway and then she seen, she seen me, she picked up the phone, and I was like, she, picked, she hung up, and all of a sudden, the plane backed up. <laughs> I was looking like, I knew exactly what happened, but then I sobered up, like, wait, she just called a plane to turn around on me? We get all the way back, the lights turn on, and somebody's like, oh, hell no. And then uh, some dude came and said, yo, grab your bags and come with me. And I was like, looking around, like, what'd I do? And then my boy who played bass, I looked over at him, he said, yeah, I think that was for you, dog. He looked over like he didn't even know me, and then I had to get off the plane. And, uh, yeah, 
Wow. <laughs> the lady didn't want me to fly. She was just tripping, man. So how'd you how'd you catch up with everybody else? Did they put you on another plane or I, mean, I told the dude, I was like, man, she tripping, man. I ain't even I'm just I'm, I'm chilling. And he's like, I, I get you. And he gave me a uh, he gave me a new flight for the next day. They gave me a voucher to get a hotel. So I went back to the bar where dude got us faded. I was like, man, they think another plane. He's like, really? Oh man, it's fucked up. And he gave me another shot. And then uh, I remember catching the shuttles around Atlanta to like all the little, I went to like a spot called Spawn Devitts. And then I went to like, I caught the shuttles all around like the different hotels. Like it's kind of like hotel hopping. And, uh, next day got on a plane, got on a plane with Snoop. Told him the story, they was cracking up. I thought I was gonna miss the gig, I was nervous. But, uh, yeah. Nah man, that's like that. And that's one thing I'll say about you too doing shows. Uh, you definitely were not scared to see the town, you understand me? I'm like, I wanna say uh, in Japan, you you wouldn't bone out that much in Japan, but I know we was in France one time and I'm up here, uh, I think I went on Instagram, wasn't that big back then, I, I think I went on Facebook. Like, damn, this nigga Ron's already on the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, I used to go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were stuck in Paris for like four days that time, remember that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah nah. Uh, well, yeah. no, man, I, I appreciate you looking out, man, and tapping in, and uh, we got to have you back, you know what I'm saying, yeah. when you finish your project, and always uh, let us know when you got something going on, we'll bring you back in, and do it. I appreciate you for staying 100, man. No, man, you, yeah, always. You're still the same cat, and then for you to even say that you go back and play in the church right now, that's that's pretty dope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So no nah, man, uh, good looking out for all the listeners or watchers or viewers. Uh, we got T Nava, the Free Nationals. You know what I'm saying, doing this thing. Virtual. And, uh, they need to check where they need to check out Blackberry Mango at. Uh, check it out on uh, on Apple Music, Spotify, Title, uh, Google Play, YouTube, all of them. You know, check it out, stream them. <laughs> and uh, thank you. Yeah, that's right. Well, yo, man, tell your uh, partner in crime that bounced on the uh, little interview, man. We appreciate him tapping in, too. And, uh, no, nah, man, I look forward to hearing from you guys. For sure, man. All, All right. Thanks, bro. I'll talk to you soon.